Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Free Desna Maybe, podcast for web enthusiasts, for anyone who's into programming, that kind of stuff. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my uh, two friends, so show colleagues. I don't want to say colleagues, I haven't been, you haven't been my colleagues for years. But, yeah, it's um, a little bit informal as well, actually, Michael. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Colleagues in life. Yes. Colleagues in life, life partners. Yeah. No, that's too much, isn't it? In the employment of life. In the employment of life. <laughs> You're employed to do life. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, I am joined by uh, Fraser Hart. Hello. And Mr. Ed Mann. Hello. But no Lou tonight. Lou uh, is, he is a, uh, is, it, is it David Hasselhoff convention or something? Yeah, I think, I think it's the uh, the massage course as well that he's, he's on. Today. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so right. Massage yeah, so in David Hasselhoff. Yeah, I think they're talk- it's the, the David Hasselhoff odor sense, odor sense you are. He's uh, learning about today. Apparently, it smells quite nice. Um, that's why he was telling me on the phone earlier, anyway. But uh, yeah, it seems to be going good, and uh, apparently, he's really good at it now. Excellent. Oh, uh, so you guys, uh, good week. Uh, should we start off with Fraser? Let's go to you. Uh, yes, my week has been fine actually. Um, at the office, um, it's been a little bit busy. I've just kind of been working on with the the company I'm working for. We've just built a, a new e-commerce system, which we're going to be rolling out to all our clients. Um, right. So I've been working on just the the review system for that for the last couple of days. So obviously, the, I guess the standard functionality of you buy something, then a week later you'll get an email, or a month later you'll get an email <laughs> saying, uh, "What do you think of the product? Go on here and, and review it." So I've been I've been building that, and that's pretty much done now. Um, nice. So I just need to do a bit of testing on it tomorrow, and then we can roll it out to to the clients. That sounds quite. That's quite a massive project, isn't it? Really, to build your own kind of e-commerce system, I guess. Yeah, well, it's well, I guess as you know, we had we had one um, back yeah. in, in classic ASP a while ago, and it's been we've not really had a a dedicated platform. We've just been kind of roll, been rolling out bespoke systems to to clients and stuff, and then we kind of took the time to actually sit down and say, right, we need to we need to have a system that we can roll out. So we've we've actually put the time and effort into into creating a, a whole system which is it's it's actually coming along really, really nice. And it was it was I think I mentioned before it was built on top of a system that Ed started building when he was working for us. So Ed started working working on a an e not an e commerce system, on a content management system. I remember it well, yeah. yeah. Fantastic little uh, content management system. So we've we've taken yeah. that and expanded it out to to have uh, a, another bundle with uh, an e- e-commerce platform in there, so it's it's coming together really nicely. And there's there's still bits and bobs that we that we're working on to to get it there, but it is in in a state where where we can roll it out to clients now, so it's good. So this is so it's it's like independent of uh, of the payment gateway itself. It's just more the managing the products. Taking registering the payments, all that kind of stuff. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's all your standard, like your cart functionality, and and uh, yeah, and, yeah, and and getting to the point where you where you can check out. Yeah, nice. Just out of interest, what have you done in in terms of uh, logging and stuff? I mean, um, if you do you log that into uh, well, obviously you log into a database, but do you do any sort of like text logging or anything like that? Um, no. All <laughs> 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 to a database at the moment, but uh, no, that's fair enough. I'm yeah. just interested. That's all. 
Cool. Okay. That sounds pretty good. And uh, I know from outside of work, you guys all met up the weekend, didn't you? Oh, Aren't we did, yeah. Wow. yeah. Sorry, we should have mentioned that. That was, a, wow. that was a really good. I mean, you should, yeah, you, you yeah, were sorely missed. Yeah, why did you come, Mick? God. <laughs> um, I'm cool. Not Yeah. It turned, oh, man, into, it turned into quite quite the messy one. Well, at least for Fred and myself that we know about. <laughs> like we, we met up in, in the classy establishment of Weatherspoons in, in Tunbridge and, uh, and had a few drinks in there. And then we went from there to the wharf, had a few there and played some pool, which was good good times. And Ed was nice. eating insects and stuff as well. We were both yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, because that happened, didn't we? We, we, had the, we did the challenge. It's on Facebook, actually. I did put the link in of us eating these cockroaches i got them from a, a mate's birthday right uh, and it's like um oh, like a, i'm a celebrity type thing and you can have like the the challenge type thing to do it and it tastes like sawdust. yeah we did oh, we all oh. did yeah look yeah lou me fraser and then my mate for his oh, birthday. and then obviously because we were a little bit drunk then i also bought him some lollipops that had like they like the taste of the alcohol but they also oh. had say like tequila and it had a worm in it yeah, yeah. It had a real worm in it now Lewis had a vodka one with a scorpion in it, and he was sensible. He literally just ate half of it in one go. Mm, it was quite funny. Classically. Classically. Yeah. Me, on the other hand, no, I sucked on it like a lollipop and slowly, yeah, pretty much, and slowly got to, yeah. Yeah, because like one minute I saw Fraser, uh, not Fraser, Lewis put on Twitter uh, going out for a few beers, and then next thing I knew, it was like, uh, Lewis on Twitter saying, "How's the hangover?" Yeah, I was like, that, that escalated pretty quickly. Oh, we should have mentioned that we we got really classy as well, didn't we, for a little bit? Because we went into into the slug and lettuce, and then we were drinking like double scotch. Well, we had a double scotch, and then we were drinking uh, cocktails out of martini glasses. Absolutely. And we yeah, we proper looked the part on Tunbridge High Street. So, any other highlights from your week, or is that, that about it in a nutshell? I think that's pretty much it, to be honest. Um, oh, I, was, I spent a bit of time. I think I, you saw on Twitter. Um, on code wars which is kind of like they they do these code catters and stuff because it's something that i've i've heard banded about and something that i've meant to to get into and code catters for people that don't know it's it's they'll set you a task and they'll say okay here's here's the situation you want to write a bit of code that returns this when this is fed into it and this when this is fed into it and it's it's just basically like solving puzzles with with code um so i spent a few hours i think it was on maybe thursday night or friday night it must know it must have been thursday night going through and doing some of these and basically yeah kind of it, it dawned on me how terrible i am at javascript but uh, <laughs> it's been a really good learning experience though because it, it forces you I, I don't know if you guys find this as well but you always kind of find the same solutions to to problems and use the same functions and uh, i'm not yeah, yeah and it, it yeah. kind of it forced me to to put myself out of my comfort zone and think about things in a slightly different way and and look at problems which i don't encounter every single day so don't automatically know how to solve and it was it was really good from from that point of view yeah wicked so uh sorry what uh, what site is it you went to, to it do was codewars.com code wars. i believe right. let me check yeah they've got i think they do ruby and javascript and they're talking about bringing uh php in um let's have a code yeah wars. why would you want to do that god php <laughs> this is all free of charge as well then it is yeah you just sign up to it and it's yeah it's 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 really nice. good, and it's kind of cool because once you've once you've solved the problem, it puts you into a, like a discussion forum, so you can talk about how you got to where, you, how or yeah, you can basically talk about your solution and compare it to other people's solution, and you can vote other people's solutions, and and you can see, oh yeah, I could have done it this way, and it would have saved me ten lines of code, or I could have done it this way, and it would have yeah, it would have just been a clean fun, way of actually. doing it. But it's yeah, it's really good, and it, I sat down and played with it for a few hours, um, and 
uh, when I did it as well, I kind of set myself a t- uh, <laughs> set myself a, a schedule of right every night I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do one of these code catters. Haven't touched it yeah. since. <laughs> that sounds like <laughs> I, I, nice. I Yeah, fully intend to. That's interesting because actually, uh, something I want to bring in at my workplace actually because we kind of like we have uh, front end developer meetings and we have marketing meetings, but I want to do something in well with the front end developers kind yeah. of something like that uh, like co-carters but so is that something like you could do in a in a meeting like if you had like an hour's kind of slot to do that or oh, absolutely what in terms of in terms of writing your own or using code wars in in a meeting yeah using well so i was going to make my own but if there's something out there that would be amazing yeah no i, I think yeah you absolutely 100 percent could could do it in a meeting yeah and i guess like collaboratively it'd be a good way of of doing some of the difficult ones and getting everyone to yeah to sit down and, and talk about solutions and and come to a, a joint conclusion i guess excellent i'll give that a go then awesome how about you then ed man good week uh, yeah it's been really good man the weekend was pretty good was able to get on with a couple of blog posts post them yeah. which was always good um and so, then sorry well what were they on uh so what were they on they were on php tuples which was quite fun right because yeah. uh, everyone everyone wants PHP tutorials the data type, and also PHP set. This was an interesting one actually. So last week, I, I uh, when I was running through some logs from um, one of the applications I I currently manage, I was noticing yeah. noticing quite a lot of time was spent uh, disco to hitting the right. disk for sessions because I, I store it quite a bit of information which I probably shouldn't do it in a session. So I was looking at ways to speed that up and, and there are a couple of ways you can use like memcache, you know, to store the session in memory like that or Redis to yeah. do the same thing. But I ended up just using uh, using a file for, uh, a file format. Well, not a file format, but a I suppose no file type. Sorry, uh, like like you've got X, ext4, like you've got ntfs, fat32, but it's called tempfs. Mm-hmm. And in essence, what it does, it allows you to make a partition on your computer that is actually uh, in Linux world and Unix world that allows you then to actually have this partition that's actually stored though in memory, so in right. RAM. So it's non-persistent, but then it, 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 you, it acts as although it's it's actually just a still directory. So you can symlink, say, like your sessions directory into this instead, and you'll get the speed boost of it being in memory instead of being on disk now. And yeah. it's great, and I, I noticed immediately a media like speed boost. So can't recommend it enough. Yeah, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, uh, so, well, I did do a little tutorial. I don't know if you saw it. But did you? Did you? Oh, oh, this is wow. embarrassing. I've, I've not seen this. Oh, I didn't see oh, this. Really I this have you? Do you have an RSS wow. feed on your site, Michael? I do. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh Google APIs to fetch place reviews. Uh, yes. Yeah. Basically, I like you say uh, yes. It's like yes. I do remember doing that now. I, I do vaguely remember it. Yeah. No. Only reason was um, I had a mate come round on Saturday, and he's basically he's a he's a really amazing scientist, but uh, he's actually thinking about getting into web development, and um, so he's just starting off the basics at the moment, like HTML, CSS. But he got this site he's made for a friend of a friend, and uh, he yeah he just needed um, needed something he's. His friend's got like this Google Places um, entry, and he wanted to get the reviews from there and put it into a feed on the website. But he couldn't find a widget that did it. He got all these different widgets that did certain things, but he couldn't find a specific thing. So I, I wrote up this script for him. Um, it took me about an hour and a half or something. But uh, I've not really played with Google's API too much, so it was first for me. But it's nothing you know, complicated, really. It just makes a quick call to um, API and... Brings back these details, and I've just done a simple for each loop to spit them out. Really, 
Cool. But uh, yeah, for anyone who wants that very specific thing, uh, check it out. Boom. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I've done. Have I done anything else? You've got your Mac I've, back. Or your I have I, got my Mac, Mac back. back. How is that? Well, it's been going for about three hours and it's still displaying, so that's good. That's good. So uh, it was the dust. So that it was dust. Uh, well, supposedly. basically, yeah, I think basically they they know that client uh, customers will kick off if they say that well, we can't find anything wrong with it. So they said they basically found some dust in like one of the connectors. I don't know what connector or what. But... <laughs> Very vague. I love that. We found dust in a connector. Yeah, and the, but the thing is, like, when it came back, it was absolutely covered in dust. Like, it had just been in the Sahara Desert or something. So I don't know whether they made it dusty. They're like, what we're going to do is chuck a load of dust on it. Yeah, and then, so we clean yeah. it to like, like this is all the dust that was on it before. Yeah, we could be like, this is all the dust that was inside yeah. it, and all yeah. this outside. <laughs> we, just out. we wanted to give it all back to you because it's your property. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you we own this dust. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's, oh, I'm so glad to have it back. To be Did honest they charge you. you a lot for that? Uh, Fifty quid. Oh, that's not too bad. I guess. It's not. It's not too bad. No. Was um, that a re- was that a reseller Mac or was it actually Mac them, like Apple themselves? It was a reseller. It was Stormfront, but I think they they all go to the same workshop. You know, when they go for repairs. So uh, yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm happy with fifty quid. To be honest with you, it could be a lot, lot worse. So uh, just got to so see how it goes. You've on been now. cheating on your iMac with a MacBook, and now you're yeah. back again. So what's happening? No, I'm back just, again. Are you just going to split just... it fifty fifty or? Yeah, pretty much. Well, I use my MacBook when I get to work, and then iMac when I'm at home. So yeah, because you, you don't because you don't need to use your guest Windows box anymore at work. No, exactly. How is that? Is that good? Is it, is it a better experience now? You know what? It, I just love it. It's just so here we much go. We're gonna, me and Fraser were talking <laughs> on Friday. The fact that like, you you both talked about your MacBook uh, Airs. Yeah, it's great. It's just so much more enjoyable to work on. It, it, is, it really just, is. Oh, it's, it doesn't weigh anything. It's yeah, no. it's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like people ask you what's so much better, and you're like, well, it's just nice. You can't yeah. really put your finger on it. It's just nice. So uh, yeah, I'm really happy to have that back. Uh, I've got a few hot picks and things, but um, I'm trying to think if I've got anything else for my week to really talk about. I'm pretty boring to be honest with you. So uh, well, didn't you have a pick? Yeah. Oh, you've got that. Oh yeah, that podcast is probably a pick, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is actually. Yeah. So, have you guys got any hot picks? First of all, before I uh, start rambling on, how about I, you, Fraser? Yes, I have. I have one hot pick. It was something that I was just chatting to to Ed about before you came on. Um, yeah. It's basically I saw a, an Angular JS fundamentals video on YouTube a couple of nights ago, and one of the yeah. best things I've seen web development wise in in terms of in terms of presentation is because the the whole front end MVC frameworks is something that I've I've been desperate to get my hands dirty with, but I haven't found time or it's probably out of laziness more than anything else to actually kind of get my hands dirty with. Um, yeah. So someone recommended this, this angular JS fundamentals in 60 minutes ish, uh, in 60 ish minutes by some fella called Dave Wallin, or I, I don't know how to pronounce his, his surname anyway. Um, okay. but it's really, really good. The, the video runs for an hour and 10 minutes and he basically takes you from knowing nothing to, you could you could effectively create an app with with stuff that that he's he's talking to you about on there, and it's a hundred percent recommend it. If anybody's got any interest whatsoever in in getting into the front end frameworks, um, yeah, this this video is Angular JS fundamentals in sixty ish minutes. We'll get the the link up in in the show notes, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, just really really good. Hundred percent recommend it. Wicked. Any uh, any others? Um, no, that's it. Um, I've got a tweet of the week. 
Oh, have you? <laughs> I have. Excellent. We've not had that for a while. Go on. Well, it's, is it I am today? Tweet of the week. It's just it's just Brian Steen or Stein's tweet that he sent us today because he sent us a really yeah. nice tweet today. Um, just says I recently found an entertaining gem of a software development podcast by Three Devs and Maybe. Yeah. So Brian Stein, oh, you're, you're my new favourite listener. Um, yeah. I do relate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeff's a little bit quiet, hasn't he? We've heard <laughs> I think Jeff is probably quite scared and shaking oh, in the corner Jeff, of her padded room somewhere. But, uh. Nothing to worry about, Jeff. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> we still like you. Oh, you're still our bestie. But no, thank you very much um, for that. Yeah, I didn't know he sent that. He had added me on uh, Twitter today, but I didn't realise uh, that's what the connection was. So, uh, no, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, so thanks again, Brian. really appreciate yeah. it. And, uh, yeah, great to hear from you. Definitely, yeah. Uh, how about you then, Mr. Man? Hello. I've only got two this week, so it won't be me rambling on. I've got... Uh, yeah. The first one is interesting because I, I actually registered, shockingly, for my first .co.uk domain this week. Really? Yeah, right. but I haven't done a .co.uk domain ever. And I didn't realise that you can't use full who is privacy on it. There's something about, right. like, the legally you can't use the full, you know, like mm-hmm. with, like, .coms and .orgs and stuff, you can literally say, yep. yeah, don't have all my information. Uh, if you're yeah. actually legally, like, a business and stuff using that domain... Uh, for so for commercial reasons or advertising, you have to provide all that all like your address, and it has to be displayed in you who is information. Yeah, but I was like, oh, I don't really want this because I'm a, just for a person. It's just for my blog. This one was just so I can redirect yeah. to edman.com. Um, so what you can do instead is it allows you to opt out of uh, story if you're a personal account, so it's not for commercial use. You can just opt out of the address bit. Yep. And it will just come with personal and you can just you can contact. So that was one thing I would say like so you okay. can just go to your domain registrar and just say, Look, I'm a I'm a personal individual on this, can you please remove it? My other pick is just a it's actually a git commit from our friend Smashton Bergman, who's the PHP unit guy. Right. And so what's his first name? Smashton. Oh Sebastian. Sorry, <laughs> oh, right. Sebastian. Sebastian. <laughs> it did so much Smashton. That's a really cool what a name. Great Smashman name. Bergman. Um, and he's actually said he's initially the end of life of the pair version of PHP Unit. You will not be able to install pair uh, PHP Unit through pair anymore. Really? Yes. Today's release Ooh. of PHP Unit three point seven point three five and PHP four point zero point seventeen have they removed PH uh, pair support, which is about <sighs> time. Wow. Because you've got Composer and you can get the PAR file if you need it. But yeah, so that's kind of, I mean, Pear really, I thought, lives off PHP Unit. You know, the reason why people use Pear is because I need to use PHP Unit. But now, because of course, Composer's come around and just uses you the know, PAR archive, PHP archive. Obviously, you know that I like to argue anything you say. Yes. But um, yeah, I always find Pear really easy to no, install well, anything. No, <laughs> you're, find, find, you're the I only find one it in the history of than the Composer. World. You are the only one in the history of the world. <laughs> the amount of time. Oh, it's so confusing. It's really? so confusing. I, I, well, it doesn't deal with depend. It doesn't deal with versions of dependencies. Either, uh, well, because you will update them. And then, yeah, but then I just ring you and say, Ed, Ed is not working. Well, yeah, Ed, you broke it. Your blog yeah. post doesn't have it. I'm like, I don't have a blog post on it. Well, you should have written a blog post on it. Why don't you think of that, Ed? Yeah, Ed. Oh, dear. But no, I yeah. mean, that's that's a massive thing, though, for him to do, to kind of do, you know, because, yeah, a lot of their install base, I mean, actually, I didn't actually, I don't know how many of much of their install base now, percentage-wise, is pair still, but that's a massive change. Yeah. And that's my okay. pick. So how about you, Michael nice. Uh I have a couple. Um First one is a another podcast actually that no. I think I spoke 
speak to you two guys about today. Um, I don't. It's not really a rival podcast because because uh, we're the best. Slightly... No, we're not the best. <laughs> It's a slightly different angle. I mean, it's something that we've we've done uh, a podcast on, uh, which but this is basically it's freelance. Is it freelanceweb.com? Should have done my research before I actually came on here. But um, uh, the freelanceweb.com it is, um, and basically, yeah, it's just a podcast for people who are really looking to uh, learn more about freelancing, basically. But uh, yeah, I listened to a couple of episodes today and thought it was really well put together. So um, I'd definitely check that out if oh, that's sure, the kind yeah, of thing yeah. you're looking into. Yeah, yeah. But it talks about you know how to get extra work and you know um, how you should be setting your rates and all that kind of stuff. So um, definitely check it out if that's what you're looking to uh, find out a little bit more about. It doesn't really go into as much technical detail as we do. So like I say, I think there's there's room for for both of us in the market. So what you're saying is we're cleverer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty much no not at all but uh, it's a different spin on things I guess but, so is it, uh, is it directed primarily at the web then freelance web developers yeah. and that's yeah. pretty cool actually because then you can just yeah. do freelance in general that's nice I'll definitely have to check that out yeah that's cool yeah, yeah. I'll just subscribe to that so I will, I'm downloading the first episode they now. have a lot of um, guests don't they they, they do we I think guests, we just get more guests we on our guests shows, on this podcast why do people but, not want uh, to talk to us I don't know. Yeah, if anybody out there listening wants to be a guest on our show, give us a shout. Yeah, please, yeah, actually, yeah. do. Definitely. Love that. Jeff? Absolutely. Like any and, skill level. Not you, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Any skill level and any topic that you want to do as well. Yeah, if you've got like awesome. a passion for one topic and you want to talk about it, go for it. We'll be yeah. well up for it. Yeah. Or even if you've never written a line of code in your life, but you're thinking of writing lines of code in your life. That'd be pretty <laughs> like interesting. That, yeah, you want to, you've never written a line of code, but you want to write multiple lines of code in yeah. your life. No, I think yeah, that'd be that'd be quite interesting. I reckon, like to get Definitely. get I someone who's just entering the industry or or trying someone, to trying yeah. to get into the industry. That'd be that'd be really interesting. Even if they're like or has some really, you know really what sound like stupid questions, just absolutely anything goes. That'd be really good to get them on. The only yeah. question that's stupid is the one you didn't answer. Exactly, so exactly. But these guys, they, I mean, they've got some great topics. Like, and one of them, I mean, I I could have done with this, like. Two years ago, I mean, dealing with stress I, and depression. Yeah, I was just about to sit, look at that one. Yeah, that sounds I really mean, interesting, actually. Yeah, that would be perfect for me. But um, there we go. That's, that's my first pick, and uh, the second one uh, it's nothing really exciting. It's a bit old school, but um, uh, obviously, I've been uh, so obviously I've been using Sublime Text recently. Boom. Um, well, that isn't obviously because it's the best editor out there. It is. Yeah, I, I agree. But. Um, yeah, I don't know why, but on my MacBook I installed Sublime Text two and not three, which is weird. But I, I think three is still yeah, yeah three is not yeah. a stable release yet, is it? I think it's is it not? No, it's still uh, in uh, I could be that'd wrong. be why then. But the only and the only thing I found out was missing from uh, Dreamweaver was the, um, the was the linting really um, and the code hinting. So oh, I so just you basically you've um, moved now you've moved over to Sublime because I thought the whole point was like FTP and stuff like that. Oh well, we're we're still FTPing, and uh, I should be announcing all these details on there. But um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm using uh, a plugin, FTP plugin for Sublime, uh, but I've also found this Sublime Linter for okay. Sublime Text. That's cool. It's yeah, if you basically go into the package manager on Sublime and you um, you search for Linters, it'll be the only one that comes up, I think. But uh, it's pretty good. Um, it's probably not quite as good as Dreamweavers, and that's it's rare for me to compliment anything about Dreamweaver, but. Uh, but it's does, not too does, bad. Does Dreamweaver actually lint then, or does it just do syntax? Yeah. It does lint. Uh, I'm trying to think now. Um, I think it's more code hinting. Yeah, I'm trying to think. So Most of the things I'm missing code stuff. hinting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Because I know I like I like um, there's another one I can't remember it, but he does like styling and stuff. Like it would say you know if your PSR two compliant and all this. See that's why I, I oh, had, right. so you did yeah. have a go at PHP. Um, oh, what was it? The one I'm using now. How do I not know which one I'm using now? Let me type it in. Atom PHP Storm. Oh right, yeah, I did. Yeah, I, d- I didn't get on with it. You didn't get on with it, and that has everything. No. Get, that's like a PHP developer's dream. Yeah, but it is very. It is an IDE, isn't it? It is an IDE. That is the thing. See, I, I, to be honest, I only like... use it. I only use it. That's the funny thing. Saying that is, I only use it for one big project because it's yeah. so big and bulky. I use it for that one project, and then I do always go back to Sublime for my small, you know, yeah. like other projects. But I mean, the other one I've got, which I'm, I can now finally use, is uh, Atom. Yes. Because what's, I... what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, basically, I applied for an invite two months ago, and then I got it about two weeks ago. And on that very same day, that very same hour, my iMac broke. Oh, so then I tried to use the invite on another computer, and it was like, sorry, this invite's Oh, released. no. So I've not used it as yet, but I will um, probably this week give it a go, and I will give my feedback on that next week. Yeah, I've had a quick play with Atom, because I, I got the... Yeah. yeah, I think it must have been about the same time. They must have been sending around bouts of invites, but I got yeah. mine and, and downloaded and had a play with it, and... I don't know if it was just unfamiliarity, but it just it felt I don't know. It didn't quite feel as as smooth, and uh, I don't know. Really? Yeah, because I think because like visually to look at it, it looks pretty much identical. But I'm I'm not sure what it was, but it it's probably it's just unfamiliarity to unfamiliar yeah. whatever that word is, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it it just didn't feel right, and I, I it again it probably is just because I've not used it and I haven't got it. Yeah. I mean, I think what, for when I read up, it sounded like Sublime just with a few extras, well, it, you know, out the box. Yeah, but... it, I've got high hopes for it because it's on the web stack. It'd be right. quite interesting, you know, that it's written in JavaScript and stuff like that. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's so tro- the trouble is, is like because I was I was like saying it's really good and it is really good. But yeah, I, I, the trouble is, I go back to Sublime too, uh, Sublime Text too. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I played around, I used it uh, like solely for a week, but then that end of that week came and then I just clicked on Sublime okay. Text 2 and I started using that again. So it, yeah. It, it's, yeah, you get used to what you're using and you don't mm. really want to change and it, yeah. yeah but you're using Storm now? Or? Well, no, I'm using Sublime, so I'm mixing and matching. Oh. So I'm using Storm, oh, okay. for, Storm for the big project and then I use Sublime Text 2 for the okay. small projects and other languages I use. Because that's the thing, I, I, it's, what's weird is I use for Java and stuff and I'm learnt, like doing like these small examples and Scala and stuff. Because I'm not doing it on such a big project scale, I still use Sublime for it. It's yeah. really the refactoring tools in PHP Storm that, that sell it to me. Really? Okay. Could you, uh, could you give a few examples? Of- well, stuff like, um, so there's the ability to be able to like, you know, variable hoisting and stuff like that. So, you know, you say, oh, like, you know, maybe you've got a bit of text that you reuse quite a bit and then you can replace that in into yeah. a variable and stuff like that easily moving functions around making interfaces out of these things and stuff similar to what you can do in eclipse and in netbeans for java uh, for java you can do right. it in the php world which is very good and then also it's got inbuilt php unit which is awesome because then you can run your tests all the time it gives you the same feel for what you're doing in netbeans for java development but in yeah. php development which is really cool right very nice. And Vagrant right. support out of the box. Sorry, that's the last thing. Vagrant support and a terminal inbuilt, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's interesting to say that because my uh, colleague at work, he uses um, NetBeans. And he was showing me like, he's got this button that says something like repair code. And I was <laughs> like, that sounds amazing. You just click this button and it just fixes it for you. But I asked him what it does and he said he didn't know. 
But <laughs> That's because his pretty... code's perfect and it doesn't do <laughs> Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, I used NetBeans for a while when I was in in New Zealand, just kind of experimenting with other other editors. Um, yeah, and obviously it's a, a full fledged ID, and it was it was really kind of nice, but it just felt really heavy because I think the whole the whole thing in itself is I think it's like half a gig for the the software, and I don't like how it, it saves project files and and all yeah. this kind of stuff. But I do like I do like the features where you you type in a very you type in a function name and it automatically tells you what you need to what what parameters you can be passing in and. And sure. when you yeah, and when you start typing in like an object name, it'll tell you all your all your your options within there as well. That's really nice. But yeah, I think I just I don't know. Yeah, back to Sublime because it it feels nice and it's <laughs> it yeah. good. I think for me, you just summed it up perfectly though. Like um, my experience is exactly the same that it felt heavy, and you, you open Sublime, and it opens in like a split second, oh, yeah. doesn't it? And what you see is what you get. It's just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, if unless one's got anything else they wanted to um, mention, should we go on to our topic for the week? Yes. Yeah. I understand you've got a quiz for us today as well on, on this topic. <laughs> Perfect. I have. I have. You did, but you have done your research. You've done those classes. So yeah, you but it went, it went really bad, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to make it up today. This is what um, I get well, by asking. No. I, I've tried to pick questions that Ed Mann would not have read on Wikipedia before the okay. podcast. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Guess. Oh, dear. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> cool did you want to kick us off there Ed I do I, I, so what I've kind of done is split it up today I've got yeah. uh, what is JavaScript I've got a bit of history uh, then I've got the DOM which we all can have fun talking about because we love that Ajax and Web 2.0 and then the present and the future of JavaScript Web 2.0 I'm looking forward to talking yeah. about that, that buzzword. <laughs> so uh, the first thing is what is JavaScript well JavaScript's interesting because it was born actually out of the need to make web pages dynamic without the need to refresh the page every time you know so we have to reload the page and then you'll get a new page up with different content and different layouts and stuff and they want you to be able to make these so these pages are dynamic uh javascript is procedural and it's an object orientated language which is similar to php uh it's syntax if you look at it is very is influenced by c similar to php it copies many names and the naming conventions from java similar to php uh, it's dynamically typed and has first-class functions. Uh, you know, stuff like you be able to pass around a function as if it was just a normal, like a string or a variable or just a number, uh, similar to PHP. But objects are created different to what you may see in languages like PHP and Java, though. And that's where it gets a little bit different. So instead of like the syntactic class definitions used as blueprints, instead, so instead of using classes and, and defining classes like a class user, objects are actually created programmatically. So you you uh, and they and you attach methods and properties on them at runtime, and yeah. then so, and once these objects have been constructed, it could be that can be actually used. That object can actually be used as a blueprint or a prototype, what they like to call them, for creating similar objects. So this is called uh, and this is what uh, this is kind of a got you in JavaScript a bit is this is called prototype based uh, programming instead of class based programming. So it's both they're both object. Uh, Orientated, so you know you think object-oriented programming like PHP create objects, but instead of using classes like Java and PHP and C++ do, it uses prototypes instead. Though JavaScript is so flexible, you're able to achieve the effect of classical inheritance, which is what we normally see in like the MV star framework. You know, like oh, I want to extend this. This is you know create a new class in quotes. But actually, what's happening yeah. is you create one class and you say this. Oh, sorry, you create one object and you say. 
uh, and then you create another object and you say, I want this object to inherit from this object. So it will go through, it will, you have this new object, maybe let's do the user admin one. So you have your user object and you have your admin object. And then you say, you know, your admin object, has, it, it, the prototype, the actual, its prototype is user. So it's able then, when you create a new object, which is just an instance of one of them, in a sense, it will say, okay, I'm an admin. I have anything that's an admin, but I also have anything that's also in user. So it goes up that chain like that instead of having all these classes, which can get a bit messy. Yeah. Does that make, is that's the weird bit? Like, because I mean, suppose the first thing when you think of JavaScript, you think of simple methods, which is nice about it. But nowadays, because things are getting a lot more confusing, prototype, mm. talking about prototypes. Actually, I personally think prototype sounds, is a lot simpler than the classes. Uh... I would disagree, but that's only because that's it, it's what I know. You know what I mean? Like, but what I mean I is, that, like, so you create an object and you say, okay, I'll, I'm this object, but I want everything from that object as well. And you just say, that's my parent. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's instead of having to have this class and you have a class, because the, 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 the kind of thing is, like with Java, is the reason why prototype languages came about was because classes, class-based languages, you have to create classes for everything before you make an instance of it. But maybe you just want a singleton in quotes or, do you know what I mean? Like you're able to dynamically create these objects. Anyway, yeah, yeah. but the history of JavaScript. So the I'm sure you've heard the whole thing is actually JavaScript itself was actually created in 10 days. Which is yeah, this is a famous story. Isn't kind it? Yeah, of crazy yeah. in, the, in mid-1995. So the actual original language created in 10 days. And you yeah. think how much it's been used now, which is just insane. Uh, by a guy yeah. called Brendan Ike when he was working at Netscape. So Netscape, you know, they're still. Yeah. Do you remember Netscape? Oh, yeah, Netscape I Navigator was my my favorite browser. Really? Yeah. Oh, same, so same cool. Here. Man, yeah, Netscape. Yeah. Where did they go wrong? Um, I mean, it, its original name actually was called Mocha, and then it was changed to LiveScript, and then the name <laughs> JavaScript. Yeah, LiveScript. Then the name JavaScript was adopted. Uh, Fraser, make notes of this because it might come up later. Oh. oh boom. Oh, okay. I'm annoyed. I'm annoying. I like so. This was somewhat of a marketing move, though, because oh, Java, because <laughs> it was a marketing move, really, because Java was very hip and fresh at the time. So in 1995, Java was the new kid on the block, and they thought, you know, we can't call it LiveScript. Let's call it JavaScript. And I always used to think, oh, they wanted to call it JavaScript just because they wanted, you know, to get like the name Java in there. But actually, Brendan was keen to push Java as its little brother, in quotes. So, you know, like Visual Basic at that time was Compact uh, yeah, yeah. and C++ in Microsoft yeah. Language of Family. So, yeah, that, that Brendan, he really wanted to say that JavaScript is the little brother, the complementary language to Java, um, yeah. which is very strange. And then, But JavaScript actually is a trademark of Oracle, which then obviously is now some microsystems. So Netscape had to, uh, the name is under license, had to use the license from Sun to have JavaScript as the name. But... Um, yeah. There's another thing. So this is an interesting one. So following on with that history. So in 1996, JavaScript was taken to ECMA. And um, you'll probably hear ECMAScript come out quite a yep. bit. So ECMA is an international non-profit standard organization. And, they, and so it was, it was taken to them to create a standard specification. And in mid-1997, ECMAScript was uh, formed, which allowed other browser vendors to implement, uh, to create implementations based on the work done by Netscape. So you'll see this a lot that, you know, you've got ECMAScript standards, but you've got JavaScript and then you've got other. So you've got um, other standards such as JScript, which is uh, Internet Explorer's version. And you've got ActionScript in Flash. I don't know if any of you have ever played with Flash and played with ActionScript. 
I've not, no. Oh, you have a little bit, and it was a painful <laughs> experience. <laughs> so ECMAScript actually defines certain characteristics of the language. It defines the language syntax. It surrounds error handling. It defines its types. It defines the prototype-based inheritance mechanism. And it also defines built-in objects and functions. But then on the so once it, you can be classed as an ECMAScript language if you do, do do all these, but then you add in your extra stuff as well, and that's when you get the problem. Like you know, say like JScript does it has a certain things, and then ActionScript. I think ActionScript actually has types, like actual not static types. I don't I, they they actually have types. I think you can actually do static types in it. But um, a funny tangent actually is ECMA is currently responsible for the C Sharp language specification standard. Really? Yes. So the C sharp language specific, yeah, which I thought wow. was hilarious. Um, yeah. So yeah, so so that was released in 1996, uh, 1997, sorry, initially, and then fast forward, we're currently now on on version five, um, and each version has added new specifications. JavaScript's added some stuff, you know, and then it's been ported into ECMAScript and voted in, similar with JScript and ActionScript. Uh, a funny little actual tangent as well is the ECMAScript 4. So I'm sure you've all heard the buzz about PHP 6. Years ago, there's books on PHP 6. You know, it's going to happen. You know, it's going to be Unicode everything and all this funky stuff. Yep. Nope. You didn't hear no. about Oh, God. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> it was everywhere, the fact that PHP 6. And it was this big project they were making. And it was a massive change in the PHP world. And it never happened. And it, even though there's books out that from years ago saying PHP 6 and MySQL, it's not happened. And this is the same with ECMAScript 4. Uh, that what happened was there was just too much. It was too optimistic. They wanted to do too many things. And it just blew up. That's why they kind of went from 3 to 5 because they just left out 4. Similar to, I think, what happened in PHP personally. We'll miss out 6. And it will go right. straight to 7, which will sound weird. But, yeah. Because uh, in ECMAScript 4, actually, they wanted to do class-based OO. They wanted to do operator overloading. They wanted to do strict mode, which they've done in ECMAScript 5, actually, and optional type annotations, which would be quite cool. I was just going to mention, um, I don't want to say way too much, but um, if you want to do it that way, you could use something like Dart. Um, See, that's which... interesting. that is an interesting thing, isn't it? Because that compiles down then into JavaScript, but you get all the... So you can... So Dart is a class-based language, not a prototype. Yeah, unless you're using uh, is it Chrome's V8 engine, I think um, you can run uh, Dart straight as it is, straight out of the box. But I think yeah, otherwise, like you say, you have to. You, but you get the software with it; it's all free of charge. You you write your script and then it compiles it into JavaScript for you. So that's cool. But, uh, It'd be interesting to see if Node.js does Dart then, if it's part of the V8 engine. Yeah, that would be quite cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that's really just an overview of the language. It's a very small language. It's a C-like yep. language you'll go into and you'll be able to easily pick it up. It's a scripting language, so you're procedural, so you'll be able to do quick scripts like that, like PHP, but you'll also be able to get into the more complex stuff using objects. Um, yeah. One of the things you're definitely going to hit when you first use it on the web, of course, is the DOM. Now, I don't know if uh, Fraser or uh, Mick, do you want to talk about the DOM? Like, what it is, how I much of a I think Fraser is about for this, because I remember him teaching me about the DOM, so I'm going to let him take it away. I, that's the thing, I'm not even sure if I know the, how to describe it technically, but basically, obviously, the yeah. DOM is the document object model, um, and it, it basically, sorry, my, my phone just switched on it, I think it's trying to search <laughs> for something for me. It's searching the DOM. <laughs> yes, oh, you're trying to find something, yes, DOM. Uh, yeah, it's basically, it's, it's I can't even know how to describe it, because the only the only kind of context I use it in is like DOM manipulation with jQuery and stuff, it's basically when you're moving parts of the, the page around, 
Um, am I on the ball there or am yeah. I way no, off? You, no, you're perfect there, yeah. So it's called the document object model, like you said. And the object, so in a more generic sense, the document object model is like is a cross platform language independent convention for representing and interacting with objects in HTML, XHTML, and also just XML documents. And the one that we typically always go for is the is HTML DOM. And because so the HTML, the, the web's market language, is specified in terms of the DOM. So we have HTML DOM, which includes stuff like class names and APIs such as document.body and stuff like that. So, yeah, so when, when we want to manipulate the, because this is what JavaScript was made for, was, you know, to manipulate the web page and its contents and its object. Because, again, we live in an object world, so uh, everything's an object. I remember the phrase is, is it bubbling up and, yep. what is it, was it down? I can't remember. You, it's bubbling up and, and cas- cascade, isn't it? Cascade down, or am I? Is that? Uh, am I thinking of? I think there's another phrase. Um, there's all these phrases like walking the dom, but I think because I remember reading, I was going to actually mention about the book actually that I would recommend to anyone want to learn JavaScript in a second. But I remember reading this book and it talked about walking the dom and it, it explained how like when you're targeting these elements, you have to go down the dom tree and then it goes back up. Yeah, but and the event because the events and stuff that's another thing is yeah. the events, you know, on click and stuff like that. Yeah, and being able to have this event based system that's non-blocking yeah. is another thing actually to talk about. Like that's what another thing that's so great about JavaScript and the dom itself and the event handler though event. I'm sure I don't know if any of you have you two ever like played around like without jQuery and stuff and just use say the Internet Explorer version of the event um, handlers and just every other browser in the world. Yes, they're, when I read this book, yeah, they're yeah. a bit different, aren't they? And it's a pain, and it's because there was no specification beforehand, and then obviously what happened is everyone implements it their own way. Similar to just yeah. browser wars, pretty much. But um, and that's why that's why jQuery came came about, isn't it? To kind absolutely. of to unify all that yeah, and to handle yeah. all that stuff it. for it's you. Literally, say, look, we, we we our job's hard enough as it is to have to play around with all these little bugs and stuff. Let's make it an even playing field. Can I just uh, quickly plug this book? Yeah, actually, if that's it, all right. Absolutely. Because I read this book. Um, I read it over Christmas. It cost me. I'm just looking on Amazon now. It's like, uh, I don't know why I've got the American site, but it's uh, $14, whatever that is. Way in too Sterling. much for talk of dollars, God. Pretty well, like about nine nine quid or something. But uh, it's the, the JavaScript Pocket Guide by, is it Peach Pit? Um, but uh, it's I read it over Christmas. It's not a massive book, like I say. It's just a little pocket book. And it was one of the best like learning um, aids that I've ever read basically was it this christmas or last christmas because i do remember you uh, I think it was uh, last a couple of years ago because yeah, yeah, yeah. i remember you raving about this book actually yeah no well, I do remember because i i learned the horrible way and i i basically you know like any noob like i was thinking like jquery was its own language and it was it's a library on top of javascript and i kind of just learned by reading snippets of jquery on the web and I didn't understand JavaScript. So I went back to basics and I learned JavaScript. I'm not an expert, don't get me wrong, but I know basics now. And, and this book is really, really good uh, for everything that we've talked about so far in the podcast. But That's I'll put cool. the link in the uh, show notes. Yeah, anyway. definitely send yeah, it over to the Skype. That'd be cool. Because yeah, it's, it's great. You say that, though. You say, you know, like a new, but isn't that amazing that a language, you don't even have to be a programmer to program in it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like you I... could just get up and write. I mean, that's kind of where JavaScript's kind of had a bad name in the fact that. Anyone can use it. It's like PHP a bit where, you know, it's a language that anyone can use because it's very easy to get set up and up and running because it's just a scripting yeah. language, you know, like, oh, I always want to do, you know, maybe like, I mean, the, the exact simple example is I want to have a alert box, a confirmation box, you know, so are you sure you want to submit this form? 
And you can yeah. just write on click and as an attribute in HTML, equals and return, confirm, and then passing your little prompt, you know, your prompt you want and stuff. And it returns true or false. And if it returns true, it will actually submit the form. If it returns false, it won't. So, yeah, I think yeah. it's amazing that the language like that, that's now being used for so much more advanced stuff. Yeah. Stu- you know, it's well, got both. It's quite amazing. I don't know about how you two feel, but like, I know we, we often talk about this as a podcast for people getting to PHP, but if you're doing anything for the web, JavaScript is just essential. You yeah. just, you, it's, it's a must. You must know it. I, I think, I think more so now any- than, I mean, I think yeah. me and, actually me and Fraser were talking just beforehand and stuff. And the fact that, you know, like there are jobs now specifically for JavaScript. Yeah. 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 Because it's such Absolutely. a powerful language server side and client side. Now, you know, these single page applications and now actually that moves swiftly onto the, the next topic, which is Ajax and web 2.0, which is uh-huh. what's brought in, you know, it's like, we've got this and we were doing very simple stuff. You know, we were playing with the Dom a bit. Maybe we were doing some, I think, you know, like form validation and stuff like that. But then Ajax came around. Now, yeah. does anyone want to talk about Ajax and, or Ajax as we want to call it for the football team? <laughs> Ajax. I'll, uh, I'll give it a pop if you want. Go for it, man. So it stands for uh, asynchronous, uh, hang on, uh, JavaScript and XML. Yep. Yeah. And um, basically the, the way that um, loading a web page works is you make all these requests to the server when the page loads and it brings back a load of information that it renders it onto your screen. But the problem is you're then stuck at that point. Uh, you're stuck with the content you've got and you can't then you lose any interactivity because you can't update or change things without posting to another URL or whatever. You can't have like partial updates or anything, can you? It's no. like a full request again. It's like bang, let's nuke the page exactly. and start again. Exactly. But say you have a requirement where you just want to I don't know, let's say just for example you want to change the content of a small div or whatever, you can use um, Ajax to make a request and you give it a URL. You specify uh, any data that you want to post off to that URL. You might have parameters you want to pass to it. And you can also say, say the format of the data you want to get back, so JSON or or whatever. And then you have like a success function that you declare, you know, what you want to do once you've got that content back, which in, our, in this example I've just used is would be take the content we've got and then put it into our div. Yeah, yeah that's that right. Yeah, absolutely, man. Because uh, so... Ajax actually is a concept. So Jesse, I'm going to do some boring history here, but it's quite. In, I love this. This is how sad it is. It's like this is interesting to me. Uh, Jesse James Jarrett published an essay entitled "Ajax: A New uh, Approach to Web Applications" in February of '05. So '05 was around, was the time when Ajax, the concept of it, like you know, the buzzword for it, came out. And as you said, it's asynchronous JavaScript and XML. But typically now we replace XML, the verbose XML, you Java people, with good old JSON. <laughs> Because JSON, JavaScript yeah. object notation, which is actually another specification that ECMA uh, handle. Uh, and it, yeah, as you say, it's all to do with a synchronous client-side code. It's sending a request, you know, um, in the background, which doesn't affect, you know, the interaction with the current application, your current web page. You can still scroll, you can still do animations, all the stuff you're doing there. But then in the background, it will do the request, return it, and then you'll be able to, based on a response, put me do something else with it. Um this is this is what made single page applications and actually funny that you know currently I'm actually reading some of my notes through Evernote and this is a single page application which uses a lot of um, Ajax you know these asynchronous calls to be able to produce, get the feeling that you're you're never uploading updating the the whole application you're just updating partial bits of it to give you the feeling that you're using a desktop application. Yeah, 
Uh, I would uh, the only thing I would say to like anyone who's like not used Ajax yet and they use it after the show or whatever like when you first use it you'll think it is amazing and you will want to use it for everything did someone but make I, a website I'm sure his website a couple yeah. years ago was just Ajax based <laughs> they may well have done that I think it's still up I think I think we I th- to be fair I think we all go through those you know I really do yeah because it's that well cool the temptation thing. is to oh, overcook so cool. it but don't just well really think it's kind of like the whole superhero thing isn't it like you know with great power comes great responsibility but just kind of be careful what you do because you might regret it later um if you use it too much it might have all that problem the fact like i mean you have to think of search engines and sometimes it's just nice to be able to clear the whole page and then yeah start again um because again web pages until now nowadays web pages were meant to be a short time to live you know, these things weren't meant to last for hours on end. You know, your memory, you know, usage and stuff and memory leaks would happen, etc. So, yeah, I yeah. definitely, yeah. Um, it's great. Uh, X, XML HTTP request, that object. I'm sure you all know about that bad boy. Yes. Yes. Uh, so have you done like raw Ajax calls before? Just I think I've done it, one before, yeah. Like, and then it's been joking. You hated it, and you're going to. It's uh, horrible because it's, it's thousands of lines of code. Oh, yeah. Something yeah. you can accomplish with dollar, <laughs> dollar dot, <laughs> dollar dot Ajax or dollar dot post or dollar dot get. Yeah, absolutely agree. Because uh, so when uh, Jesse James Jarrah actually wrote this, uh, there were none of these libraries about because obviously he was the starter of this movement. So he cited XML HTTP requests, which was originally created by Microsoft. So we've got to thank Microsoft for this. I think it was in 1999 and it was for one of their email platforms. They created this and it was a major component that what, in what he dubbed Datejax. But the trouble is, so what that would allow you to do is these asynchronous requests this object would allow you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, in J in J script, I'll put in quotes, and that was ported over to other browsers and stuff. But there was no finalized spec for it at the t- uh, at the time when all these browsers were adding it, so everyone had a different way of doing it. And I don't know, I don't, th- uh, I'm not sure fully if there is actually a full spec of it out yet. But I'm sure there is. But nowadays, so obviously everyone has their own way, and you've got to handle browsers that are older than you know 2008 or so. So you have to deal with these different browsers and these different ways of doing things. So as the phrase was saying about with the DOM is these libraries started coming out, prototype, uh, YUI and good old jQuery. So they started to appear to help patch the uh, and cross-browser issues, to so patch these browser issues, such as Ajax request, DOM manipulation, traversal, to solve this problem and make it easier on us to be able to say, look, if I call it, you know, I write this bit of program, it's going to work in all these browsers in the same way. Yeah, new tools. And Mutos, yeah, sorry, I forgot, completely yeah. forgot Mutos, yeah. So all these, I mean, a lot of them came out, but I think we can kind of say jQuery has won out. As yeah. Big. And I think it was interesting because I was reading today, like Prototype went through a Ruby approach and it, it messed up the object, so it messed up the actual global object, the window object. So it would add all the, onto the prototypes and all these array, like all, all the real actual, it would actually mess these up in the, in the, um, wouldn't mess them up, sorry, but it would it would add things to them, so it, would, it could cause problems to other things on the page. jQuery ran the route that it would just have dollar, so we remembered dollar, and it didn't even have to use dollar, and everything was contained in this one call that then you could then add things to, and I think that's what won out with jQuery, the fact that it was quite, it wasn't as intimidating, and it wasn't as kind of in your face, I'm changing everything on your page, than prototype yeah. was at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the final thing I've got with my notes, actually, is just, uh, talking about so 
we've got, I think nowadays, because JavaScript, so you've got JScript, which is a good old Internet Explorer. You've got, um, sorry, I'll come to blank. Yeah, JavaScript, obviously you've got ActionScript. So the ones you care about are probably JavaScript and JScript. Unfortunately, you're going to have to care about JScript. Fortunately, they both go by the standards. I think at the moment in both the latest versions, I'm pretty sure they, yes, yeah, so I know for a fact that good old JavaScript does, but uh, JScript, that supports ECMA 5. So anything in ECMAScript 5, you'll be able to use, like use script mode and stuff in the latest versions of IE. Obviously, you know, you're going to be supporting that browsers like IE 9 and 8 and stuff. And I think 9 wasn't fully supportive of ECMAScript 5 for some reason, but that's a bit annoying. But there's different engines, and this is what's made JavaScript so popular with stuff like Node and server-side stuff is the fact that, because there's a standard, unlike PHP, which is there isn't a standard. You've got the runtime, which is Zend, and it's it's intertwined with the language itself. Unlike Ruby and Python, which, you know, you have them, but then you also have, like, different versions. You know, Ruby can be run on, on the JVM and stuff like that. So can JavaScript. JavaScript's a standard in itself with ECMAScript. And so what's actually happened? So the initial version that Brendan Knight made of the engine was called SpiderMonkey. And this was implemented in C. And then, Mickey, you'll be happy to know that the, the second one was called Rhino, and that was written in Java. Wow. So there's a runtime in Java Pro of JavaScript. In prose yeah. language, so you can do it in the JVM. Uh, there, we also then have our good old Google's V8, and that's what sparked, um, I think, I can't remember, it's Dale Rail, Rail, I think. I'm gonna, I've got his name completely wrong there, sorry about that, but Node.js, and that was a big, that's been a big buzz since 09, which is server side, event, uh, you know, non blocking, event loop based, asynchronous JavaScript code on the server. And that, and that was because V8 was able to do a lot of good performance things on JavaScript, the language, to making it from being quite as slow in the browser and stuff to being very fast now. And they've included it in Google Chrome, but they've also open sourced it, so you're able, then able to use it on, on the actual on your own projects as well. Uh, then you also have something like JavaScript Core, which is WebKit's version of it, such as Apple uh, Safari. Um, and then you have Shakara uh, engine, which is used in, I can't even, that name's so weird, uh, in Internet Explorer, which is technically a Java uh, JScript engine, but it's another engine you should care about. So that's another quite cool thing. You'll probably hear, you'll hear these maybe come out sometimes when you delve in a bit more like, oh, V8 and stuff like this, you know. It's, but really all that is is just an implementation of the specification that is ECMAScript. And that's, nice. why, you, that's why you have the, I don't know, have you started using the flag strict in your JavaScript files? No. Uh, very cool, because what that does is it forces you to use the uh, only ECMAScript standards. So you can't right. have like, oh, I'm going to start using stuff that's only in JavaScript. I'm going to use stuff that's only in JScript. It's quite good just to limit you, but not yeah. limit you in a bad way. Limit you to say, there's the right way of doing it, which is the standard way. And then there's this way that I shouldn't really be doing it, but maybe it looks fancy or something like that. Yeah. But that, that that's really all I've got. And I suppose the present, the future is... I mean, now, currently with the MV staff frameworks and like those phrase you were talking about with AngularJS and all this, you know, the movement now is let's move a lot of logic onto the user's computer because they want these quick, you know, uh, you know, client side desktop looking applications, yep. but on the web. Nice work, man. That's right. I think that's pretty well covered. I think like you say, though, because um, I was doing obviously some prep before uh, to get this quiz ready and stuff, and the thing that struck me was actually like the core language is really small, actually. Yeah, that, it's such a um, simple language that has become, because of its, and I think that's the problem with ECMAScript 4. It was trying, I think Douglas, Douglas Crockford, he was, a, he was annoyed because I think Brendan Ike and these people were trying to make it too complex 
Yeah. I think the beauty in it, and that's why it's become so popular and it's on everything now, is because it's so simple. It's a simple standard language that anyone can then use. Can I ask you a quick question, actually? Yeah. Um, you may you may not know the answer, but uh, John Resig, who um, made jQuery. Yes. I, well, two questions, really. Is One, has... Has he made any profit out of it? <laughs> you and your money. Wow. Well, I'm just interested. Like, you, you, the guy deserves something, doesn't he? You think how much is he? It's like, it's like Rasmus for PHP. You think he, he deserves something out of it. Do you know what I mean? I guess he does through book sales, maybe? Yeah, I, it's probably the same as like Tim Berners-Lee with the web. It's like, yeah, you know, he's always going to have a job now. I think he works yeah. on um, Code Academy and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, he he was one of the first, like in '06. He was like 18 at the time, and he made this yeah. library that, every, and it was the way he was doing. The way he he, he started off um, thinking about CSS selectors and stuff like that. You know, we think a bit like that, you know, and being able to uh, access CSS selectors in J in jQuery or in JavaScript at the same yeah. way as we access them, say in CSS. Right, and that's what brought it up with this idea, and that's what's been very powerful. Because you know, you can say stuff like, you know, I want all A tags, but you can do it nicely in dollar A dot on click, and you know, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's my second question? Um, Prototypical inheritance is awesome. That's your second question. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it was also to do with. Oh yeah, how much involvement does he have with jQuery now? Because I think I read on their website yeah, that he don't, the development I, team is huge now, isn't it's, it? It's it like, is huge, and I don't think he does as much because I think he's so much on the code. See, that's the thing. I always think to myself, if yeah, if I was like that, I can dream, you know. I you'd get bored of it, wouldn't you? Yeah, he'd be a cool person to get on the uh, on the podcast. If we could. Yeah, I'd yeah, he does do that. podcast because I've I've heard an interview <laughs> with him on another podcast. Yes, yeah, so he's he's definitely. Right. I'll tune in tonight. Yeah, do it. Yeah, oh, man, so, definitely. Well, magic. Oh, yeah, <laughs> John, come on the podcast. <laughs> so is it quiz time? I think it is, sir, and I'm so ready for this. Yeah. Are you warmed up? Oh. I think pretty much. Oh. <laughs> yeah, what are you two doing? Um, okay, I you think don't everything. Want to know. It's late. It's late. Yeah, it is late. <laughs> it's eleven o'clock. <laughs> I mean, everything that's in the quiz has been discussed tonight. So if you've been taking notes, oh, you should be okay. Right. So Ed wins. Yeah, pretty much. I would say that's a certainty. I'm going to take. No. I'm not. I'm taking off all my notes. Got a bit fair. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to say. I think everyone can answer these questions unless I say otherwise. But um, I'll is it, we'll sorry, take it in order. Who can answer first? So yeah, I'll say who can answer first, okay, and then cool. anyone can go for it. Basically. Okay. So right, if I create an object, any object. How can I convert that into a JSON string? And we'll go to Edman first. JSON.stringify. Okay. Fraser. JSON.stringify. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that? No, nope, but you... <laughs> I was very happy that, that went to Ed first. Okay, so that is one apiece. Uh, okay. So, uh, number two. Why did Microsoft call their implementation of ECMAScript JScript? Uh, Fraser first. Oh, we talked about that on the thing <laughs> because Java. Uh, no, okay. but good guess. Uh, Ed, because of legal reasons. It was indeed for legal oh. reasons. They didn't want to have a legal battle with Sun, so they, uh, yeah, they called it uh, JScript. Okay. All right. Uh, number three. Um, Okay, so this definitely wasn't the podcast. So uh, it could be two original names for JavaScript. 
Mocha and live live streams. I actually wrote that Sorry. one down as well. Uh, Ed, you actually lose a point because I didn't actually say your name, so oh, I'm just going to get into the race. I thought we'd go. Oh. no, it doesn't work like that. It's like a roulette wheel. <laughs> Uh, so unlucky that's Ed's lost a point there. Oh, I, so before hard. anyone moans on Twitter, I, I don't make the rules, I just enforce them. You so enforce sorry them. about that. And yeah. Then, yeah, enforce the rules that you made. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Fraser gets a point for that one. Uh, okay, so number four. Uh, JScript added new date methods to fix the tricky Y2K problematic methods in JavaScript. What were they based on? And I'll roulette wheel, so Ed. I hate goes. you so much. What's the question? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Okay. Oh. okay, so JScript added some new methods to fix the Y2K problems. Okay. I don't know if they did exist or not, but they did it anyway. What were they based upon? Upon? I.e., um, there were methods written somewhere else. Oh, okay. Were they oh, PHP methods? No. So I'm going to go over to Fraser. Java methods. Yes. So I was just going to say, well, yeah, I thought you were actually asking, I thought the, uh, uh, I originally thought you were asking like, what was the, what was the Y2K problem? But obviously that's not what you were asking. (laughs) That's a bigger topic, but uh, I'm going to, I'm only going to give you half a point unless you can say, uh, from what package they were um, taken from. Do I get half a point if I know? (laughs) (laughs) 1.0. Never touched Java in my life. Uh, go on then, Ed. I'll, I'll give Java you a point. Yes. All right. So well, you, that's me being fair. Come on, All right. So the next one. Um, okay. This is a bit vague because this, this could apply to, I'm guessing, pretty much any language. But um, basically, I want you to name as many JavaScript design patterns as you can. Oh, man. Uh, well, <laughs> I want you to uh, buzz in with your name before you answer oh. each one. There's half a point for each one you get, and it has to be one that's on my list, not one Solid. that... Thanks, man. Isn't... Yeah, no worries. B, so, buzz, factory, factory pattern. Uh, yes, correct. Yep. Oh. Buzz, sorry. Um, yep. A singleton pattern. Correct, yep. I'm just keeping score, sorry, for the uh, tapping on the keyboard. <laughs> Yeah, Ed's, Ed's going to run away with this one. Uh, <laughs> composite, composite pattern? Uh, not on my list, sorry. Um, decorator pattern? Yep. Any more? I'm going to sort of count down. So. Yeah, MVC, I suppose, is a design pattern. It is, yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. Because that was on the list. Oh, and then you've got other ones like MVVP, you know, like the different model view view presenter. Oh, presenter. I've just found a load. Yeah. I could reel off a load. I'd clearly be cheating. Right, constructor pattern, module pattern, revealing module pattern, singleton pattern, <laughs> observer pattern, mediator pattern, prototype pattern, command pattern, facade pattern, factory pattern, mixing pattern, decorator pattern, and flyweight pattern. <laughs> Boom. I think for so the you... fact of just getting that, knocking it out of the park, you know, no, 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 I, no, there's like zero chance I can take a point for that. Okay. <laughs> but you did just name my exact list, so you... So, oh, really you're on Adia's Money's website. <laughs> that guy, oh, that guy's really good. That guy yeah. has got some really good blog posts. He he was the guy that wrote the Backbone JS book. And he opens oh, really? it and everything, yeah, on GitHub. He's amazing. 
I had a bit of back and forth with him on Twitter a little while ago because I was using one of his uh, one of his plugins that didn't work very well. So, um. <laughs> so is he's not like Jeff, is he? He's not like Jeff. No, he's a good lad. He, oh, seems, cool. he seems a nice fella. Oh, that's another thing. Actually, book wise, recommending uh, the book I would recommend is Douglas Crockford's Giles Got the Good Parts. It's an amazing yeah. read. That is, I think, if you read Mickey's book, then read that one. That will completely set you up. Yeah, yeah. This one is a dead easy one. So, uh, how do you declare a JavaScript object? Uh, Fraser, we'll start with you. You have numerous ways, haven't you? You can do. An, yeah. Are we talking object literals, or are we talking? Oh yeah! Oh, <laughs> Chinatown, sir. Off the wrist. So one point for making me look stupid. Well done. Uh, I don't know. Um, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do an object literal. Um, go for it. Well, functions are objects yeah. as well, I guess. So you can just declare it as in a variable equals a function, yeah. or you can do a variable name equals like open curly brace, close curly brace, and you can put that, your objecty stuff in there. That was the answer I was looking okay, for. Okay, boom. That'll be the literal yeah. then. Yeah. I was impressed I, I genuinely got a question right on JavaScript on something that wasn't, well, <laughs> just a question that wasn't on CSS. <laughs> yeah, good work, man. That's good. Yeah. Right, uh, okay. There's this also another way people. you can do it. Sorry, in ECMAScript yeah, yeah. 5, uh, object.create, and you can pass in the prototype right. you actually want to be its parent. I think I've seen that. Yeah, Okay. Uh, this one is a little bit more tricky, actually, and I had to Google it. Um, I know Ed knows it because I think he actually did a, a uh, tutorial on it the other week. But uh, So we'll start for that reason. I'm not being unfair, but we'll start off with Fraser. But uh, how can you make a private method in JavaScript? Uh, over to you, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> you private, write the tutorial, so A private method in JavaScript. Would you use a closure? Okay. Possibly, but that's not the answer I've got here, so uh, I'm not accepting it. <laughs> I hate you so much. It has to be my answer, I'm afraid. Oh. I actually saw a video and it was explaining this, but it didn't go in clearly. Yeah, no worries. Um, I think there are, to be fair, there is many ways of doing this, but this is the one that I think is the most straightforward. So, any ideas, Ed? All right, so, so well, so to make it private, you would. Oh, hang on. Are you talking about a var? You want to make it? Yep. All right. You to, I want you to right. instantiate an object, and I want you to put a function have, inside it. Yeah. We'll just put it inside it because objects are first class <laughs> citizens. You can pop it inside it. You can use it as a function declaration, <laughs> a function expression. <laughs> I don't think I'm explaining my question very well, but uh, in fact, I think my question is completely flawed. Actually, especially <laughs> for public methods. Okay, so I had uh, basically a function person. Uh, well, I've used a per- create a person object, basically. Okay. And then I have, um, this is a public method. This has made me look stupid. But uh, basically I had uh, this.name equals name. Name's passed in as a parameter. And then I had, outside of that, I had person.prototype.getName, uh, which is then a function, which then is return this, uh, return this.name. So basically, that is a public method, which is embarrassing. You could but make anyway. it, you could make it a private one. So what you could do in that, you know, in your function you've got for your constructor, yeah. you yeah, can yeah. do you can make there. you could put a var, you could make a var name in there, and it would yeah. only be allowed to be in there. And then you could also do then you could do this dot, and you could make a a, a method, a function expression in there that would be able to access that. Yeah. It's that's really, actually what I was looking at. Oh, oh, it's really funky. I, I want to write a blog post on it because I started looking into it a bit more in depth. 
and there's like some yeah. really cool stuff you can do with closures and yeah yeah okay so I'll give uh, Ed a point for that even though my question was ridiculous um, right number eight then uh, and this was in the podcast what year did John Resig release jQuery I'll let anyone go first. Oh. Sorry, who's first? <laughs> uh, either of you can go first. Uh, 2006? Boom. Boom. Ed, you're going for 2006, are you? Yeah. Okay, so you both get a point for that. Well done. But, uh, okay, uh, number nine. Oh. Okay. Out of the 10,000 most visited websites on the web. <laughs> what is number 6,412? Oh, we wish. Um, what percentage use jQuery? Is it A, oh. between 0 and 40%? Is it B, between 40 and 80%? Or is it C, over 80%? C, C, C. Uh, I'll say, I, I think it's C, but I'll say B, so that I have any kind of a chance of gaining one up. <laughs> well, you're one down. Uh, it's over 80%. <laughs> it's ridiculous, place. isn't it? Everything uses jQuery. Oh, it's ridiculous. Like, jQuery's amazing. Yeah. It's... Yeah, I was quite shocked by that stuff, though, to be honest with you. I was thinking, like, all the... Well, then again, 10,000 most visited sites, I guess, that makes sense. They're all yeah. WordPress sites, you know? It just comes standard. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is a final question. Okay. Uh, bear with me. This is a bit wordy, but... Bit right. If, if I wanted to add a method called boo to jQuery that appended the text cheese... Oh, wow. To a div with an idea of text. <laughs> oh man, phrase is going to knock me out here. Hang on, it's a, a, appended the, the text cheese. <laughs> this is just a theoretical. Okay, uh, you could create one. So you just want to add a method to jQuery. <laughs> yeah, you basically yeah. And but in my particular example, this method is going to add the text cheese to a div with an idea of text. How would I do it? Right. So dollar dot fn dot. Oh crap! Is it dollar dot fn dot the method name yep. or is it? Yep, yeah, that sounds right, man. Dollar dot fn method name, open brackets. Uh, 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 oh no! No, not uh, quite. Use extend right dot extend. Yes, yes. And then you pass. Oh uh, yeah, so dollar dot fn dot extend. Then pass in the name of the function you want to call it. Then the closure. Correct. It's the right answer. So I'm going to give you both a point for that because you kind of. Uh, but you could do it the other way, couldn't you? Dot fn and then dot and then just. Maybe, maybe that's just the way that I. I, And are we doing the the other part as well? So you want to find everything with an ID. So dollar open bracket colon hash. What what was your ID again? (laughs) Test. Test dot append cheese in brackets with quotes. So (laughs) so the way I've done it is I've got dollar, then open my brackets, uh, obviously quotes, hashtag test, and then dot boo. Yeah. And then, obviously, in my boo function, it does return right. this .html cheese. Boom. So, uh, but I've, I've put that in a separate file, so I can put that in the show notes, so anyone who <laughs> is in need of extending jQuery can have a look at that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I need to add these up now. Basically, uh, Ed won. Can you, can you, talk, you two talk in the background while I just add this up? See ya, Mickey. Yeah, he's a mean yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Actually, there was, a couple, there was a couple of things, like... I was I was hoping like to do talk about some like JavaScript gotchas and stuff like the this variable no this yeah. sorry this keyword and stuff like variable hoisting and stuff but I think that would probably be best left for another podcast because I think I could like write out quite a few things that 
will stump because JavaScript is meant for a simple language, you know, like you can say define, I'm sure you all see this, you know, we're talking about var and then specifying the name of the variable, but you can also just specify the variable. And if you just specify the variable, it, it makes it goes onto the window object. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, so stuff like that where I could be in a function all the way down, but if I just say hello Fraser equals hello, yeah. it will go into the window object if I don't put var. Yeah, ECMAScript six source out would let, but yeah, I was there's a couple of things like gotchas and stuff, but I'll, I'll leave that for another podcast. I don't know when we're next going to do on JavaScript, but definitely maybe uh, put some stuff in the show notes, maybe. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, I've got a couple of links actually, so that'd be awesome. Yeah, cool. And I've got my show notes here, which I'll give to you after the show. Uh, so I think we're about done, chaps. Unless you, you need to say anything before we go. Um, um, no. No, just the usual stuff of write us a review on iTunes, send us more emails, send us more tweets. um, And thank you for the people who have been contacting us. It's, yeah, really appreciate it. Absolutely. And, yeah, just to reiterate uh, phrases well as before, anyone who wants to come on the show, uh, just send us an idea of what you'd like to talk about. Send us a video and play your your love for the show, why you want to come on, (laughs) 50 glorious English pounds. We will need your first name. If your name's Jeff, then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it can't just be initials. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Some profile picture would be good as well. Uh, <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, we will be back next week with a... Do we have a topic? Or are we just going to leave it open for We're going to let we'll it roll. Out, yeah. We'll let it roll. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. See, See you, guys. Bye. You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at 3devsandamaybe.com or follow us on Twitter at the number 3, Devs and a Maybe.